This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell, and joining me in the studio today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vasser. We also have the artistic director of Toledo Ballet, Eric Otto, and on the phone, we have a special guest, and I have a fanfare for you. That would be John. That would be Jonathan McPhee. I always forget that there's that little party horn there at the end. Anyway, it oh, I don't think you forget. Catches I think me you by wait surprise. for that. <laughs> yes, party horn forever. Anyway, Jonathan McPhee is on the phone. He's the longtime conductor of the Boston Ballet, and he's conducting the production that we're going to talk all about today. First of all, welcome, Jonathan. Thanks for joining us. Well, it's nice to be here, Brad. Yeah, and we are going to hear from you in a little bit, but first we want to mention the production we're talking about. You are conducting Sergei Prokofiev's ballet, Cinderella. It's happening at the Valentine Theater Friday and Saturday night, April 28th and 29th. Uh, the Friday show is at 7 p.m. The Saturday show is a matinee. It's at 2 o'clock p.m. Jonathan McPhee is our guest conductor. And Eric Otto, who is here also, is our choreographer. Hello, Eric. Hello. It's good to have you back. Do you remember the last time you were here? It was. I believe it was in September. Yeah. So how's it been going since then? It's been going good. Yeah? Made it through uh, Nutcracker and uh, made it through a Toledo winter of rehearsals (laughs) and classes and in preparation for our spring production. Excellent. Well, we're going to talk about that spring production. But first, we're going to talk about Jonathan McPhee. What I do, Jonathan... For new people who are coming on to Symphony Lab for the first time, we talk about their story, or we we listen to them talk about their story. So I have music for you. Let me get that started. Nice little ballet piece. Okay. That's to accompany your story. Let's hear your story, Jonathan. Okay, that, that still brings to mind Camp Granada. I, I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hello, Mudda. Hello, uh, Fada. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you, that that sort of goes back to the to the beginning of my musical story. But uh, before that, I was um, an Air Force brat and uh, traveled the world with my um, family. So we lived around different parts of the United States and the world. And I went to college first at the Royal Academy of Music, where um, I remember as a young conductor, the uh, professor assigned me this piece, um, Punkieli Dance of the Hours. And I had no idea what the piece was until I was sitting there studying and went, oh, this is Camp Granada. <laughs> and it, it was just... I was dreading doing it with the orchestra, but none of the English kids knew that, so I was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Let's hear more. Um, Let's see. After the Royal Academy, I came back to the United States and went to Juilliard um, and was fortunate, actually, in when I was coming out of Juilliard, my last concert at um, in New York there was Mahler's First Symphony and the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto and the woman who is the mother of modern dance Martha Graham was actually in the audience 
invited me to go on a tour. And we went through Europe and we finished up with six weeks at the Met in Lincoln Center. And George Balanchine, the artistic director of the New York City Ballet, asked me if I'd like to conduct Nutcracker the next month, November. And that started the whole trajectory there with Joffrey Ballet back in the 80s. And, uh, and a whole life of supporting dance with great music. Yay! Now, I would be remiss if I didn't ring this bell because you did mention the name uh, Mahler. I won't ring it for this time around. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, because we have a special affinity for Mahler here in the room. Uh, Ah. Yeah, you just rang the Mahler bell. Yeah, the Ma Bell, as it were. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jonathan, you have quite an impressive pedigree when it comes to ballet, and you're coming to Toledo. Have you been here before? Uh, Actually, I came there the first time just just a short, what was it, a week ago? Uh, to meet Eric, and uh, I got a sneak preview of what he'd been doing with the young students um, in the school, and uh, was very impressed with the fact that this production is coming along, and uh, the kids are doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to working with the orchestra. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we're going to take a break in a few minutes, but before we do that, I want to uh, do the first quiz that I have for you. This is a fairy tale quiz, right? We normally have a quiz during Symphony Lab, Jonathan, just a fair warning. Okay. So we can all play. And the way that we do this is I ask the questions. There are five or six questions here. And I give you uh, multiple choice. And then we go back and we say what the correct answers are. So it's kind of the honor system where you're concerned, Jonathan, because we can't see you. So you can just say, yes, I got that right. <laughs> okay i like that yeah so if you get them all right we know that you're not telling the truth to that point though jonathan you also can't see us so yes we're gonna gang up against you here (laughs) let me pull up some music okay this is fairy tale quiz music first question is what is the name of the princess who is turned into a swan in the ballet swan lake is it Odette, Aurora, or Giselle? A, B, or C. In the original hey. story of Little Red Riding Hood, hey, don't spoil it, Jonathan. We're going to go back oh, and, and oh, give I'm the answers. To hold on to these. Yeah, hang on. But, but of on course, we already had that answer. <laughs> okay, everybody got the first one. It was Odette. All right. Now, we don't say the answer yet. Here we go. In the All original right. story of Little Red Riding Hood, the original story, what does the wolf eat besides the grandmother? Is it Little Red Riding Hood, a pig, or nothing else? A, B, or C. Next question. In The Snow Queen, what is the name of the little boy who is taken by the Snow Queen? Is it Gerda, is it Kai, or is it Olaf? Next question. What kind of tree is at the heart of the tale of the golden bird? Is it an apple tree, a whispering willow, or a golden oak? In the tale of the twelve dancing princesses, where do the princesses go to dance every night? Is it a secret garden, a magical forest, 
or an opulent castle, A, B, or C. And your final question in this quiz is, in the Grimm Brothers' tale, The Frog Prince, how does the princess turn the frog back into a prince? Is it that she kisses him, she throws him against the wall, or nothing? He just changes on his own, A, B, or C. Okay. You ready to go back and get the answers? Yes. Okay. I'm realizing that I don't know a whole lot of fairy tales. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tried to I tried to go for some obscure fairy tales here. I noticed. And you've done it. Yes, I have indeed. And and Eric is over there acting out the frog being thrown against a wall. <laughs> Unfortunately, in this reenactment, I'm the frog. Yes. Okay. In the original story, Little Red Riding Hood, what does a wolf eat besides the grandmother? The answer is Little Red Riding Hood. He actually eats her. Doesn't she like cut herself out of the stomach or something like that? There are different versions of the story, but the question was, who does he eat? Mm-hmm. Not, you know, how does she escape? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Did we all get that? Yes. Yes. Of yes. course. Yeah. Did anybody yeah. not get it? B. Nobody not got it. Okay. <laughs> In the Snow Queen, what's the name of the little boy who was taken by the Snow Queen? It is B, Kai. Yay. Kai. Eric got that. Did you get it, Zach? Mm-hmm. I wrote Kia, though. <laughs> I want to see you. Okay, Jonathan, how'd you do? I missed that one. You missed you that, one? that one? Aw. Yep. Oh, well. Yay. Okay. <laughs> what kind of tree is at the heart of the tail of the golden bird? Tail, it's uh, spelled T-A-L-E, by the way. It was A, an apple tree. Did anybody guess apple tree? Eric got that? Wow. Yep. I, yep. I, I had nothing. I you got never it, even knew okay. the story. In the tale of the 12 uh, yeah. dancing princesses, where do the princesses go to dance every night? Hang on, we lost our music. Let me pull it back. There we go. I feel much better now. The answer was C, an opulent castle. Here. Did anybody get that? How about you, Jonathan? Nope, I had Secret Garden. That's right. Okay. Okay. And the last question. I think I mixed it up with Firebird, actually. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Another ballet. All roads lead to ballet. In the Grimm Brothers' tale, The Frog Prince. How does the princess turn the frog back into a prince? And (laughs) And the answer is... She throws him against the wall. Can you believe it? Oh, wow. You got that right. right. You were right without even trying. Excellent. Wow. Story of my life. Let's say that Eric won the quiz. It's kind of a tie, we have to say, between uh, Eric and Jonathan. because As every good production should be. Yeah. We give, you know, we always let the, the newbie win, right? Let the newbie win. I never would have guessed the frog got thrown against the wall. So. <laughs> That's a story. I, I'm sticking to it. I, uh, I I can see why they adjusted it to the smooch. It seems much more... Um, appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Appropriate, indeed. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick little break because it is fundraising time at WGTE, and we'll turn it back over to the folks in the studio. Remember, you can give online at WGTE.org. We'll be back with Eric Otto and also Jonathan McPhee and Zach Vassar. It's Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91.
And we're back with Toledo Symphony Lab. We're talking today with uh, Eric Otto, who is Artistic Director of Toledo Ballet. And we also have on the phone our special guest, the longtime conductor of the Boston Ballet, Jonathan McPhee, who is conducting the production of Sergei Prokofiev's Ballet Cinderella. Eric, tell us a little bit about your choreography for this particular piece. Yeah, so... For me as a choreographer, I get inspired by the music and not so much about what's uh, relevant in the world or in the past. Um, it's really motivating for me when I hear good music and it just kind of comes out naturally. Yeah. And uh, ever since I was a young boy dancing in New York, um, when I first heard Prokofiev's Romeo and Juliet, I fell in love with the music and... Um, I've always wanted to be able to choreograph to Prokofiev. And so um, I would say my choreography is primarily neoclassical. I'm trying to um, also uh, present choreography to the students that uh, will be able to highlight their strengths and not overextend them. Uh Um, And, you know, I would say it's it's more it's more of a neoclassical style that I've been uh, choreographing for the Cinderella. Yeah, which aligns with Prokofiev's music being sort of a neoclassical score. And when we say neoclassical, we mean we're referring back to classical times, right? But the neo part is you're in the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Prokofiev was in the 20th century. You were writing music through the lens and directing choreography through the lens of modern day dance and music mm-hmm. but hearkening back to that that earlier period have you done cinderella before have you choreographed it i have not so for me when i when i first arrived here i thought of you know wanting to present a ballet that was a fairy tale ballet and what the community and the ballet fans of toledo uh would would want to see in in toledo and um you know it's the glass city it has a lot of performance opportunity for students in the school, which I thought would be a wonderful experience. And it really brings the organization together from all facets, from wardrobe to scenic design, to choreography yeah. to faculty and students, and, uh, and, and, and obviously being able to bring in guest artists so uh, the students can work with and aspire to hopefully be one day. Now, is the story of Prokofiev's Cinderella similar to what we all know? You know, the girl and the pumpkin and the the coach and the magic slippers and all that stuff? That's the only story I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could change it a little bit. You I, could have I, the I princess. have adapted it slightly. Is there yeah. a frog who gets thrown I, I against the wall? Say, <laughs> yeah. That's where I was going. You could totally throw the prince no, against the there, wall. No, there, there is no, and no throwing of anything. Um, but there will be... There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There will be lots of uh, uh, comedy with the, the evil stepsisters and the stepmother and the uh, little banter that they have. Uh, with Cinderella, um, but yes, um, certainly I, I'm sticking with a traditional story. Yeah, well, that fits in the neoclassical kind of uh, mold that you've been talking about. This performance of the ballet Cinderella is happening Friday, April 28th at 7 p.m., Saturday, April 29th at 2 o'clock p.m. at the Valentine Theater. You can find more information at ToledoBallet.com. You can also call them up at 419-246-8000.
Eric, you mentioned that the Glass City was part of the inspiration for this. Um, tell us about the slipper. Yeah, so we've had a wonderful opportunity here uh, in Toledo with a local uh, glass blowing company downtown uh, called Gathered Glass. And obviously, I wanted to tie in the Glass City with the production. Mm-hmm. That was one of the main reasons and, and driving factors for me to want it to do Cinderella. And so, a brilliant idea came about um, through Tapa and my colleagues about collaborating with uh, Gathered Glass and how we can do a glass slipper. Uh, and then that also kind of uh, culminated and we brainstormed into having um, props in the show that were all blown uh, glass, ranging from a pumpkin to a flower to a tiara and finally the, the glass slipper wow. uh, that we'll be presenting in at the end of Act One in the big magical forest scene. Yeah. Is it functional? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we will be securing them uh, uh, very tightly to pillows with wire or fishing line. And I have, I have our students uh, very well prepared and rehearsed because I, I told them, you break it, you buy it. <laughs> do you have backups just in case? We do. We do. Okay. We, we, we did have the forethought of having extras in case. Yeah. Um, but uh, we I j- actually just picked them up uh Two days ago, I went down to gather glass and picked up a whole box. So we, we took them out. We saw um, the, the glass pieces, and uh, they, they're beautiful. Yeah. So now, does Cinderella have to dance in those shoes, or does she dance barefoot, or how does that work? No, she will not dance in the glass slipper. <laughs> <laughs> she will be dancing in her uh, point shoe, which we will glitter and bedazzle yeah. Uh, yeah. so it really shines and sparkles. Yeah. Well, I do have another quiz for us to do, and this is a Cinderella quiz. So we'll we'll see, you know, who really knows their Cinderella, okay? And this can be all different versions of Cinderella because the story is iconic, but it's been realized many times on the stage, on the screen, and what have you. And so we're going to touch on some of that in this quiz. Let me pull up some music for you. This kind of is a little bit like the dance of the nights in Romeo and Juliet, right? So kind of. Reminiscent of... <laughs> it's a little fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little lighthearted. Yeah. yeah this I is think those nights had some version. caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Those nights had something. Okay. In the original Brothers Grimm fairy tale, what took the place of the fairy godmother? Was it a tree, a bush, or a bird? A, B, or C? In the 2015 Disney live-action Cinderella movie, what does Cinderella's mother tell her before she dies? Is it, have courage and be kind, or always follow your dreams, or true love will find you, A, B, or C? Next question. In the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical adaptation of Cinderella, what is the name of the prince? Is it Prince Charming? Is it Prince Philip, or is it Prince Christopher? Back to the Grimm Brothers version of Cinderella now. What do the stepsisters do to try to fit their feet into the glass slipper? Do they wear shoes with extra padding? Do they cut off parts of their feet? Or do they try to stretch their feet with hot water, A, B, or C? In the television show, Once Upon a Time, what is Cinderella's cursed identity in Storybrooke? Is it Jacinda Vidrio, 
Emma Swan or Ashley Boyd? You have to watch that show to, to know the answer. It's a great show, by the way. Okay. In the novel, Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine, what is the curse that is placed on Ella at birth? Is it the gift of obedience, meaning that she must obey any direct order given to her? That's question A or answer A. Answer B is she cannot speak to anyone except her family, also known as the gift of silence. Or is she allergic to sunlight, the gift of darkness, A, B, or C, obedience, silence, or darkness? And your extra credit question Sergei Prokofiev was born in which year? 1875, 1891, or 1903? A, B, or C. Okay. You all ready to go back? Yeah. Okay, Oof. here we go. The first question, the original Brothers Grimm fairy tale. What took the place of the fairy godmother? It was A, a tree. Anybody get that? No. Nobody got it? No. Did you get it, Jonathan? <laughs> no. No, Okay. Well, we're off to a good start. Second question. In the 2015 Disney live-action Cinderella movie, what does Cinderella's mother tell her before she dies? It is A, have courage and be kind. Anybody get that? Zach got it. Yeah, I got it. You got it, Zach and Jonathan. Okay. In the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical adaptation of Cinderella, what is the name of the prince? His name is Prince... Christopher C. Zach is signaling victory over there. How about you, Jonathan? <laughs> I yeah, I got that one too. The the, the Prince Charming was a fake out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In more ways than one. In the Grimm Brothers version of Cinderella, what do the stepsisters do to try to fit their feet into the glass slipper? The answer is B. They cut off B. parts of their feet. Now, Eric, I assume that's not going to be part of your ballet, right? Well, (laughs) I mean... Get some glass feet to take their place. All right. Did everybody get that? Did you Mm -hmm. get that, Zach? I did. It's one of my favorite uh, factoids. Excellent. In the television show Once Upon a Time... Now, this is kind of a trick question because there are two characters who play Cinderella, right? So if you chose B or D... I would give it to you. Jacinda Vidrio was later in the second incarnation. The first incarnation was Ashley Boyd. Emma Swan was like the protagonist of the series, the first part of the series. So did anybody choose B or D? Or A or C, rather? I didn't get I didn't even. I have blank. Yeah. You just crossed that out, right? Okay. Yeah. I have never seen it. Okay. Excellent. All right, we'll pretend that question never happened. All right. (laughs) In the novel Ella Enchanted, what is the curse that is placed on Ella at birth? It is A, the gift of obedience. She must obey any direct order given to her. Hmm. Yeah, got that. And Sergei Prokofiev, born in 1891. B. Did you get that, Jonathan? I did, yes. Excellent. Let's take another break and raise some much-needed critical funds for WGTE-FM. Again, you're listening to Toledo Symphony Lab. We're talking about the ballet Cinderella, which is happening at the Valentine Theater Friday and Saturday, April 28th and 29th. 
Friday at 7 p.m., Saturday at 2 o'clock p.m., choreographed by Eric Otto and conducted by Jonathan McPhee, two of my guests here on Symphony Lab. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Toledo Symphony Lab here on FM 91. We continue with Toledo Symphony Lab and a discussion of the Ballet Cinderella, which is happening Friday, April 28th at 7 p.m., Saturday, April 29th at 2 o'clock p.m. at the Valentine Theater. Eric Otto is the choreographer. Jonathan McPhee is the conductor of the music by Sergei Prokofiev. And I want to first start by saying, you know, this is such a family-friendly show. What is the idea behind... You know, I can't help but think that there's a connection between, like, the awakening of spring and doing this ballet as well. You want to talk about that briefly, Zach? Sure. So, you know, the the genesis of TAPA, bringing together the Toledo Ballet and the Toledo Symphony under one roof, so to speak, uh, was really to celebrate this tradition of collaboration that's gone back to the 1940s. And one of the things that Marie Vogt did so beautifully uh, in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s was to work with the Toledo Symphony and find works of the classical canon that may or may not have choreography and uh, bring them to life through a third dimension. And you know, we look at this spring production, and it's kind of an opportunity to go back to that, to return to fairy tale ballets, to find some wonderful music uh, that the orchestra can perform, and something that can really inspire Eric to create a totally new program and, and direct a, br- a brand new production. Yeah. So I, I couldn't be more excited about this. Tapa is now four years old, and I think we're really starting to hit our stride from a creative standpoint. Jonathan, let me ask you, because you've been waiting so patiently on the phone to talk about all of this uh, wonderful music, I wonder, and fresh off of your win at the Cinderella Quiz, by the way, (laughs) I I wonder if you could talk a little bit about Prokofiev. I mean, have you conducted this ballet before? Uh, Many times in different versions, yes. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your experience with the ballet. Um, well, you know, actually, I want to key into something that Zach just said, which is this sort of bringing together the symphony and the ballet and going through a new creative period. And people forget that Prokofiev's early roots with Stravinsky's in Sergei Diaghilev's uh, Ballet Russe in the 1920s um, actually, well, teens actually, was such an important time for pushing music forward, but also pushing ballet forward. And uh, Prokofiev and Stravinsky were tapped by Diaghilev to create these wonderful story ballets like Firebird and Petrushka. Um, Stravinsky pushed the envelope with Rite of Spring. And Prokofiev, you know, we think of Cinderella as a fairy tale, but actually in the musical world, his score was so sophisticated. He he did not, um, he hated anything that was an imitation of what had gone before. So his music is incredibly original. Um, there is a connection when you think of the clock scene in Cinderella. Um, when people hear that music, it should sound slightly familiar because John Williams, whose favorite composer was Prokofiev, um, 
actually has a similar flavor in the time um, scene with the clock in Harry Potter. Mm. So there's a sort of link that goes through that creatively. We can add that to the list of themes that John Williams has perhaps borrowed from other composers. <laughs> Inspiration. <laughs> yes, inspired by. Yeah, inspired by. And that's 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 really one of the, the hallmarks of John Williams is he's picked up some of these great ideas from, from uh, other composers, but he's truly made them his own and then visually supported them in, in great new ways. I think that you should, for your next production, you guys should collaborate on a John Williams ballet and and take like <laughs> excerpts from his movies, and then you can choreograph excerpts of the movies on the stage, mm-hmm. right? You heard it here first, that folks. That would make great, but yeah. yeah. And then the shark comes make at the end ballet. and eats everybody up. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be great. I don't have a shark on my soundboard. I should I should get that definitely. This is Yet. the closest I have to it. All right. Anyway, this is like conducting a symphony, really, uh, Jonathan. I mean, you talk about Stravinsky, you talk about Prokofiev, and all these great sort of classical ballets. They really were symphonic. And I love how Tapa is uniting the symphony with the ballet in this great symphonic kind of and great dance uh, extravaganza. It, first of all, it, it, it's a very satisfying piece to um, conduct. The sounds in it are quite unique. And if you, you connect the dots to Prokofiev's Fifth Symphony, he was working on the Fifth Symphony at the same time, uh, 1940 to 44, as he was Cinderella. So you actually, if you, if you conduct Prokofiev's Fifth Symphony, I was just doing it a couple of weeks ago, there are all these little things that then get developed in Cinderella, uh, he's pulled ideas back and forth between the two the two mm. works. But um, I think the sound world is the thing that is so rich in in Cinderella. He tells the story. You can hear the characters. You can hear the tutor, you know, teaching violin lessons um, to the to the sisters. It, it's incredibly descriptive score. I wholeheartedly agree. During this process as I've been listening to the music. And, and I have danced this ballet many times as a young dancer, but now really kind of diving into it and listening to the score. Um, he was spot on, uh, Prokofiev. I could definitely hear the different characters within the orchestration, which has helped me at times kind of create and choreograph mm. uh, based on how it sounds. Um, but I, I just wanted to point that out as well. Yeah. I'm curious about the choreography. You talk about the music, Eric, and how it sort of guided you on the path that that your choreography has taken. How does that happen? I mean, do you do it linearly? Do you go through the score and from soup to nuts and say, this is what I'm going to do? Or does it ha- unfold as you work with the dancers? How, yeah, how does that it's happen? A few different, it's a good question. It's a few different uh, paths that I went on. Uh, logistics, basically getting dancers and, and cast into the rehearsals where I could work with, but also um, the f- the more known, recognizable pieces uh, like the waltz um, mm-hmm. in Act Two, 
um, that's something that stood out to me and kind of just poured out of me uh, in terms of choreographing. Yeah. Um, and also getting dancers in the studio and moving them with, within that space and seeing uh, how I can pull uh, the best out of them and also make it look good. At the same time, you're kind of like teaching them something too because they're young, they're students, and they're mm -hmm. learning something about ballet. Mm -hmm. It's very much about the process right now. I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. Um, but yeah, there, there are like the potative, for example, um, is beautiful, uh, magical music. And, uh, so it's very inspiring to be able to choreograph to that. Yeah. Jonathan, what is a, a highlight for you in this, this score? What are, what are the parts that you look forward to? You know, there's so many different parts and sort of keying into what Eric was just saying. I think the thing to keep in mind is the magic. Um, this, Prokofiev wrote Romeo and Juliet before this, 1938. Um, it, it, it's a romantic, lush score, but you have to figure back then, choreographers weren't used to dealing with um, this kind of a score. And mixed meters were, were tough for people to uh, to figure out how to dance when most dances were, at, up to that point, rather square. Cinderella, after Prokofiev had returned to the Soviet Union, came from a place where he had sort of turned inward. So, you know, Peter and the Wolf, um, Cinderella, he never lost that sort of childlike wonder of magic and and characterizations so for me the 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 individual characters that come out of the music are so wonderful and then you get that you know the strike the clock striking midnight which is just cacophonous sound mm. of oh it's midnight you know the pumpkin's gonna go or the coach is gonna go back to the pumpkin and the all the little animals are going to reappear in their original form, and it's terrifying. <laughs> and there's no throwing frogs against a wall or cutting feet off or anything like that. <laughs> I love the fact that it's, you know, it is a story that we've come to know and to love. The best of uh, the Cinderella mythos, as it were, is in this mm -hmm. ballet. I hope everybody comes. Um, it is wonderful to see live and hear live these two the score and the dance coming together and um i hope you'll all come and enjoy it yeah it's sort of like you know and i spoke about this earlier the synthesis between the symphony and the ballet really comes to life in this kind of uh, stage creation you know that people are going to see and it's utterly unique you know, the ballet may have been around for many, many years, but the choreography is new, and you mentioned the costumes and the glass slippers yeah. and Props. what have you. There's all kinds of stuff that uh, should definitely be attractive for an audience. And if you're a symphony goer, go see the ballet. It's like, in this case, it's like seeing the, the symphony uh, with the addition of the ballet, right? So it's wonderful. That's, that's the it's a great the, twofer. <laughs> yeah, that's the added dimension. I think that that uh, Marie Vogt was finding very useful was you know the addition of movement creates this sense that the music is 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 heightened. It's added to. It's it's brought to a, a, a deeper scale, um, and 
it's ravishing. Yeah. Ravishing absolutely. music. Well, folks can see it in person and hear it in person. It's happening at the Valentine Theater Friday, April 28th, and Saturday, April 29th, 7 p.m. on Friday, and 2 p.m. in the afternoon on Saturday. Choreographed by Eric Otto, who is Artistic Director of Toledo Ballet, and guest conducted by Jonathan McPhee, the longtime conductor of the Boston Ballet. We're looking forward to uh, welcoming you here in Toledo, Jonathan. And thanks so much for joining us on Toledo Symphony Lab. No, thank you, Brad. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple, Google, and Spotify Podcasts. And don't forget to check out all the upcoming events at the Symphony by visiting their website at ToledoSymphony.com and you can find information about the ballet at ToledoBallet.com. You can also visit their various social media outlets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My thanks to Zach Vasser, Eric Otto, and to our special guest, Conductor Jonathan McPhee. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.